Welcome to A Cowgirl and Her Horse, a weekly podcast aimed at helping you become strong in the saddle. What does it mean to be strong in the saddle? It means showing up for your horse, both physically and mentally, as the strongest and best version of you. It means feeling confident, both in and out of the arena. It means feeling secure in your ability to ride and move with your horse in the most optimal way possible. If you're looking to maximize your experience with your horse, you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Katrina, and now let's get into this week's episode. As horse owners, horses are always going to remain our top priority. When my husband suggests going on vacation, my first question is, who will take care of my horse? But despite horses being our top priority, that doesn't mean that we should skimp on taking care of ourselves. In fact, doing so, neglecting to care for ourselves the way we know we should, can result in us showing up less than 100% for our horses. Several years ago, I was in the depths of anorexia. My weight was dropping and I had barely any energy to do much of anything. Because my horse was my top priority, I still made sure that he was always fed exercised, and otherwise cared for. That being said, I eventually reached a point where I could no longer ride. I didn't have energy to ride. And as a result, I resorted to doing groundwork with my horse. And eventually that turned into hand walking him. Obviously, because of this, my horse's stamina and overall fitness declined. You can't expect a horse to stay in top physical condition if all you ask him to do is walk at a moderate pace for 30 minutes a day. It was discouraging, but at that point, I wasn't even thinking straight due to my eating disorder. Once I reached the bottom, I was no longer able to even walk my horse. I was put into treatment for my eating disorder and my horse sat in the pasture, unused and unfit. All of the work that I I had put in up to that point seemed like it was now all going to waste. On top of that, I started treatment in the spring, which was the start of rodeo season. So in other words, I was going to miss, at the very least, an entire season of competition. Of course, all of that didn't matter. What mattered at that point was getting my health back and overcoming my eating disorder. No harm was coming to my horse just sitting in the pasture He was enjoying life with his stable mates, eating grass and soaking up the sun. 
You may be wondering why I'm telling you this. What does my eating disorder have to do with anything? Well, I'm here to tell you that I am sharing this story to make a point that I think we all need to be reminded of something from time to time. That taking care of ourselves is very important, not only for ourselves, but also the people around us, including our horses. Your situation may not be as extreme as mine. Maybe you've never dealt with an eating disorder, but maybe you're an overworked executive who gets by on five hours of sleep and a pot of coffee a day. Maybe you're an overweight office worker who spends the evenings mindlessly munching on your favorite snack. Maybe you're the quiet coworker who silently deals with depression or anxiety. Whatever it is, I'm sure that every single one of you listening is dealing with some sort of health-related issue that you haven't addressed. We are taught as horse owners to put our horses first and that if anything comes up, that we need to help our horses to get back on track as soon as possible. If they start putting on more weight than we would like, we either cut back on their feed or up their exercise or both. If they start feeling off, we get some sort of body worker out to make any necessary adjustments. We get their teeth done on a regular schedule. Their feet are trimmed regularly. You get the point. And yet we don't offer ourselves the same level of care. And I think that is shortchanging our horses. We keep our horses in top condition so that they can do the things that we want them to. In the same way, we should be keeping ourselves in top condition so that we can be there for our horses. And how do we go about doing that, you ask? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) We are going to forget about our horses for this episode and focus solely on ourselves. This will help to ensure that we can be on top of our game for our horses. The most obvious place I think we need to start is to chill out. As I mentioned in last week's episode, I was recently diagnosed with adrenal dysregulation, which we more commonly call adrenal fatigue or burnout. And it didn't surprise me to start with. I have the kind of personality that is particularly prone to getting burned out. I have an A-type personality and I demand a lot of myself. I often have the attitude that I don't have time to relax, that relaxation is a waste of time. But I am learning more and more that relaxation definitely has a place in my life, especially if I want to be a high performer, both in my horse endeavors and in any other area of my life. Of course, I could tell you to get regular massages, go on vacations as often as possible, and listen to Mozart in the bathtub each night, but Honestly, I would be doing you a disservice by saying that. Sure, if you have time for and enjoy those things, then by all means do them. But to be completely honest, 
that is not what I personally do to relax. Instead, I have found what works for me, and that includes doing a 10-minute mindfulness practice each morning using the Calm app, listening to my favorite music. And I mean, it doesn't even have to be relaxing music. I just listen to songs that make me happy and that I can sing along to. Hanging out with my horse. You know, it never ceases to amaze me the power of grooming my horse. Uh, If you know me on, if you follow me on Instagram, you will know that for quite a while, I was constantly having to comb burrs out of Junior's tail. This took forever to do, but it was extremely calming and relaxing. Uh, Another thing I do is just riding out on the trail. I never used to like riding out on the trail with my horse, but these days I have found it to be a nice reset for me. I encourage you to try and find what works for you. Maybe it's a yoga class. For me personally, I get extremely bored with yoga and don't enjoy it, but maybe it's exactly what you need to relax. Uh, Try different things to find what works for you and then try to incorporate those activities into your life as often as possible. The last thing your horse needs is some wound up ball of anxiety. Learn to relax. Your horse will thank you for it. Next is exercise. I have posted a couple of episodes, one for sure, about how to get stronger for your riding. And I think that as riders, it's very important that we prioritize our physical fitness. Many equestrian fitness programs that I have seen focus on yoga and Pilates and, you know, making your body long and lean. But I personally don't think that is the correct approach. I usually suggest to people that they take up some sort of strength training program. Not only will strength training increase your overall muscle strength, but which I think is really important when we are working with horses, but it also increases your overall level of body awareness and you know how your body moves and feels. When I was going through my eating disorder, I was working out very intensely six days a week. And because I wasn't fueling myself with enough calories, I actually ended up losing strength despite strength training. And I became very weak. I became, I became, began to notice how being weak really held me back with my riding. I couldn't hold myself in position in the saddle the way that I needed to, nor could I handle riding for extended periods of time. Uh, It became very apparent that not being strong was going to be an issue. And overall, I just, I was, I feel like I became more timid the weaker I got just because I, you don't have that confidence that you can stay with your horse when he does something. Uh, There are some people that will make the argument that riding is exercise and that you don't need to do anything on top of that. But I would argue against that. Yes, riding is exercise, but there are a lot of muscles that you don't use when you're riding. And there are also muscles that may get overworked from the repetitive movements that we do while riding. 
because of this, if you only rely on riding for your exercise, you're going to end up with imbalances, which in turn could make you more susceptible to injury. Doing exercises that complement your riding will help to ensure that you are as fit as possible as a rider and that you avoid injury if at all possible. I would recommend a well-rounded fitness program that incorporates strength training with specific emphasis on core stability. Uh, You want to do a little bit of cardio and then some sort of stretching routine as well to keep your muscles limber. If you're not doing any exercise at all right now, that can sound like a lot to take on. I totally get it. If that's the case, then start off slow. Pick one thing that would be easy to incorporate in your life. Maybe that's a daily walk or jog. Uh, Maybe that's some stretching before bed. Um, Maybe you could start some sort of strength training routine a few times a week. If you aren't doing anything at this point, I think that, you know, just do something. Anything is better than nothing. Pick what you think you can stick with right now and then gradually build up from there. And remind yourself that you're doing this for your horse as well as yourself. But you can, if it motivates you, think about that you're doing this for your horse. You know, that may just be the motivation that you need to get off the couch and get your body moving. And you also need to remember that the fitter you are, the better you will be as a rider. Your endurance and stamina in the saddle will improve. You will be able to more clearly communicate with your horse because you will have increased control over your entire body. It all will benefit your riding in one way or another. And of course, what goes with exercising? Of course, nutrition. I think most of us know that if you put shoddy fuel in a race car, it's not going to go as fast as it would with high quality race fuel. The same can be said for humans. Yes, you can eat Doritos and McDonald's and you'll get enough calories to sustain your activity levels during the day. But do you really think you're going to operate optimally when you fuel yourself with garbage? We all know the answer to that. It's funny, we make sure we buy the best hay for our horses. We spend, I'm sure, thousands of dollars on supplements for them, some which may or may not make a difference. And yet we often don't take the time to ensure that we are fueling ourselves adequately. Again, going back to my eating disorder, I suffered from anorexia, which means that I was severely restricting my food intake. As I mentioned already, a side effect of this was that I was not fueling my workouts and therefore I ended up losing strength. However, in addition to that, I also didn't have any energy. What little food I was eating was going towards basic bodily functions and just keeping me alive. I wasn't eating enough for my body to have energy to play around with horses. Of course, your situation may be nothing like that, but it is a good example of how important eating properly is. You need to ensure that A, you're eating enough so that you have energy to do the things you want, like take part in horse activities, 
and B, that you are giving your body the nutrients it needs in order to run optimally and to recover each day from your workouts and from whatever else you have on the go. How much you need to eat will vary from person to person, so I can't really give you any advice in that regard. If you want to know how much you should eat or just get an estimate, I recommend Googling Mind Pump Calorie Calculator. Mind Pump. Um, I have found this one to be fairly accurate, but please keep in mind that this is just an estimate. Some people have metabolisms that are faster or slower than others, which will impact how much you need to eat. The calculator takes into account your activity level, but again, that's just an estimate. You can start with the calculator and what it gives you and then adjust from there, depending on you know how your energy levels are and whatnot. On top of eating enough, you need to ensure that you are giving your body the nutrients that it needs to run optimally. You know, your race fuel. Again, I think we all know the basics of this. Eat your fruits and veggies, yada, yada. What I want to drive home is balance. I'm not going to sit here and say that you can't eat desserts or sweets now and then. Eating those things is part of being a human. Eat cake when you're at a birthday party. You know, taste sweets when it's around the holidays. Have some Halloween candy at Halloween. I'm not going to tell you that you can't do that. But I will. what I will tell you is that you need to make sure that most of the time your diet is on point. You know, kind of like the 80-20 rule. So that means, you know, you get in a fruit or vegetable at most of your meals. It means that you're giving your body adequate pro- protein. I usually recommend, you know, between 0.8 and 1 gram of protein per pound of body weight. So that means if, let's say you're 120 pounds, you should be getting between 96 and 120 grams of protein per day. If I had to guess, I'm going to say that most of you aren't getting enough protein. So you may want to look at addressing that. Not only is protein important for muscle development, but it also helps with keeping you satisfied throughout the day. But on top of that, I don't want you to skimp on fats or carbohydrates either. I know that the keto diet is popular right now, and so is the paleo diet, you know, which was typically low carb. Um, But I really think that a balance of all three macronutrients, meaning fats, carbs, and protein is really important, especially if you are active and doing a lot with your horses. Like I said, it's all about balance. You don't need to restrict or be militant about it. Just ensure that you're eating a wide variety of wholesome foods, getting enough protein and, you know, staying away from processed foods, eating your fruits and vegetables, Really, it's that simple. There's no need to complicate it or to follow the elaborate rules of whatever diet is popular at the moment. And just like exercise, you can start slow. If you are currently eating a bag of chips for your afternoon snack, maybe try swapping that out for a healthier option. Maybe try baby carrots and hummus or some avocado on a piece of whole grain toast. Start wherever you are 
and make gradual, manageable changes from there. And the next item on my list for how to elevate your riding revolves around simply making a plan or, you know, setting goals. Once you are relaxed, you're moving your body and you're eating in a manner that supports your body body rather than brings it down, you will be in a better place to really set in motion a plan. You will be able to think more clearly and therefore come up with some real action items for where you want to get with your horse. If you haven't already, I encourage you to go back in the podcast archives to the Barrel Racing Goal Setting Workshop. I believe it was episode seven. If I'm not mistaken, I'm not sure. I did aim the workshop specifically at barrel racers, but it can work for anyone regardless of which discipline you're in or even if you don't have a horse at all. Go through the workshop and by the end of it, you will have some goals laid out with some concrete action steps that you can take to get you that much closer to achieving those goals. I have found that without goals, it can be extremely easy to get very complacent with where we are in life. It is extremely easy to get comfortable with your day-to-day life and to not really rush yourself or your horse outside of your comfort zone. That's fine if you don't want to improve, if you just want to enjoy your horse. I'm sure there's some of you out there that just have horses as a way to de-stress and enjoy and that's totally fine but if you're wanting to improve your riding if you want to compete and just get better and succeed at that then you need to have goals even just writing your goals down makes the likelihood of that happening something like I think 42 percent more likely to occur the reason for this is because your brain starts looking for ways that it can make that goal its reality It's like a missile seeking a target. So like I said, if you haven't already, go through that goal setting workshop. Now is the perfect time to do it. Many of us are going to be stuck inside for the next couple of months due to winter and or the global pandemic. So we might as well dream up some goals and develop plans to getting them achieved once we can get back out there with our horses. And the last item on my list for how to elevate your riding life is probably the easiest one to do, and it's to have fun. I'm sure that for most of you, horses are just a hobby. You aren't a professional who works with horses for your career. But even if you are, I think that horses should still be fun. If you're anything like me, you may end up in the space where you're taking your horse hobby way too seriously, this is not the place you want to be. When you take the fun out of something like horses, it can really sap your motivation. You get burned out and you may consider stopping riding altogether. Trust me, I've been there and it's not a good place to be. And that's why I encourage you to keep riding fun. And if you're in a place where your riding isn't fun, then I want you to try and inject fun back into your riding. Head out to a field and go for a run with your horse. Hit the trails with friends and their horses. Try teaching your horse some liberty tricks. Go take 
part in a play day at your local arena. Do whatever you need to to get out of your head and back to the place where you just enjoy the time you spend around your horses. Remember, we are all fortunate to have horses in our lives and we shouldn't take that for granted. We should enjoy them and have fun with them as much as we can. Maybe reflect back on the fun you used to have with your horses when you were younger. What did you do back then that made it so fun? Go back to that. Your horse will thank you for the change of pace too. And with that, that is it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and were able to get something out of my ramblings. Before I sign off, I just want to ask if you could please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It helps to ensure that the podcast gets out to more and more people and that I can continue bringing you content just like this episode. Until next time, remember, it's always a good day to ride.